Lord, we thank you, we bless you, that you are the King of Kings, that your kingdom is unshakable and unbreakable, and we will never be in trouble because you are the King of Kings. So we bless you, Lord, and we thank you, and we honor you. We thank you for the privilege of worship. Accept our thanks, accept our praise. And as we participate in communion this morning, I pray that you release the healing power of your Holy Spirit, that people be healed in this room of broken hearts, of broken bodies, of broken relationships. And the healing that you bring will bring you praise and honor and glory, because you are the King of Kings. Would you pray with me, please, the prayer that Jesus taught his brothers and sisters and friends? If you don't know the words, they'll be on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please be seated. Can I invite you to open your Bibles, please, to Philippians chapter 4. Page numbers will be on the screen. And then, Morgan, may I have the picture, the diagram of the series, please? So, Philippians 4. For our guests, we are doing a series called How Joyful People Think. And I've been trying to invite us to think differently. So this is the series in diagram form. Last week, so many people asked for it that we made a bookmark. So at all the entrances and the information table, you have the this side, and you also have the verse. So if you want to be, continue the work of this, you are certainly welcome to do so. Let me just, for our guests, make sure they see the big picture. So St. Paul writes, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, think about these things. And the book ends, for people who think about these things, is the peace of Christ in you and the peace of Christ with you. And I'll show you that in just a moment. So at new birth, when we are born again from above, we are given the mind of Christ. And one of the things I'm going to say with you this morning is that think about a baby. A baby is born with a a mind, right? But the little child's mind is nothing compared to our developed minds. So let me push for, I'm going to push a lot today. So just a heads up, umbrella mercy. I say this with lots of love and respect, but many of us still have the mind of Christ as infants. We do not have a developed mind and developing mind of Christ. So a person who's developing the mind of Christ is learning increasingly choosing to think about what is true. And so for our guest four weeks ago, we said what is true is a combination of personal truth and transcendent truth which comes together. And at that place, that is what's true. We talked about what is noble. We talked about a non-anxious presence, carrying the presence of Christ where you go. Last week we talked about right, and this week I want to talk about pure. So let me start now with a story. So we want to have a mind of Christ, we want to think about things, putting it into practice. So let me tell you a story. Blank screen, please, Morgan. So about two and a half months ago, and I'm telling this with permission, about two and a half months ago, a young man in his 20s, 20-something, came to see me, and he said, um, I'm stuck. And I said, well, tell me your story. So he told me the story. He is, uh, has a good job. He's making a significant amount of money. And the purpose of his life is to get party on the weekend and have lots of sex partners. Oh, he also has a side business. And the side business, he wants to do everything done in cash 
So there is no record anywhere that he has extra money that's non-taxable, plus he's got more room to play with so he can have more parties, can find more women. And, and he says to me, you know, I come to church once or twice a month and this thing just doesn't work for me. I said, well, what are you talking to me for then? He said, can you help me make it work? Back to the picture again, please. So you, I'm gonna show you in just a moment, there is a, there is a, there is a promise and the promise is you get it if you put it into practice. So let me tell you, the story continues. So he says to me, I don't think this stuff works. I said, well, can I, could I, could I, could I make a big ask of you? He said, sure. I said, for one month, every day, for one month, 30 days, I'd like you to read Philippians out loud. It takes about 15, 17 minutes. Read it out loud. Every day for 30 days. And tell me at the end of 30 days, where are you? So he came back about a month later and said, I'm starting to think differently. Why was he thinking differently? Because he's putting these things into practice. He's starting to think with the mind of Christ. Now, so now I'm gonna do a quick timeout. I wanna talk to young people. So this is grandpa talking here. I want to talk about, we're going to talk about purity today. So the word is whatever is pure. We're going to go to the Lord's table and we're going to have some self-examine. Oh, in fact, give me the examine slides. Would you please, Morgan? The last, there we go. We're going to give, give you a few minutes to together in silence. Ask yourself, can I name and will I confess personal impurity? Why? And then can I name and confess confessional impurity? Because when he says, when you think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, he's talking about who we are individually, but also our purity with each other. And it's not just sex. It could think, be things of, of, of legality, it could be ethical, it's a lot of stuff. But I want to talk about sex for just a minute, as grandpa to young people, young people. Ladies, here's tip number one from grandpa. When you're on your, wherever you are, you always want to have a small Bible in your back pocket or in your purse. And if some dude is hitting on you, pull out your Bible and read it out loud. Now I've tested this with friends who went to Europe. It works every time. You start talking about Jesus with a guy sitting in you, ladies, that dude will run fast. He wants nothing to do with Jesus because he just wants to use you. Now here's a second tip from grandpa. If you're gonna go to parties, gonna go to bars, you bring your own drink and it has a top on it. And no one ever opens your top but you. Because there are, I cannot tell you how many women have come to see me who've been sexually violated because some dude who's trying to use their body messed with their drink and they drink it and they pass out and then they end up with no clothes somewhere and they've been abused and used in horrible ways. So grandpa tip number two. Always in your control. What, what is this about? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, think about these things. So let me take you now. Katie, I'm going to throw this to you, okay? Catch it? Oh, Grayson got it. Whoo, way to go, Grayson. All right. Go to the passage now. Let's take you through the passage. I want to unpack it a little more, and then I want to talk about purity. So let's look at this passage just a little bit. Philippians 4. Let's start at verse 7, because I want you to see where the peace of God with you is located. Verse 7. 
And the peace of God, the peace of shalom, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And now the passage that we're using for the series. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now that phrase carries this meaning. Think about it with intentionality. Think about it repeatedly. Think, think, think. What's the emphasis on think? As we think, so we are. According to the King James Version, as a man thinketh in his heart, because these are connected, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So, listen, watch. You live your life between your ears. What happens here affects here, affects here. And that's why St. Paul says, think about these things. Think, think, focus, energy, focus, focus, focus. So let me just give you a sidebar. Hang on, we're talking about thinking. What's interesting to me about influencers today, I won't name a female influencer, but she has millions of followers. Millions of followers. Can I tell you the backstory about this famous woman influencer? How many of her influence, how many of her followers are real people? Almost none. Because if you go to a certain place, you can buy a million followers for a relatively small amount of money. So this famous woman influencer who many of us are thinking about, are following her, her followers are robots. And St. Paul says to a generation of people who are being influenced by their phones, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, think. Think. Keep thinking. So what's he saying? You're thinking about Jesus. You're thinking like Jesus. Now let's go back to the passage. What happens then? So then, there's the the first uh, imperative. Think about such things. And then he says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. What is put into practice. There's a diagram again. So what St. Paul says, do you, have you seen in me truth, nobility, right relationships, purity, lovely actions, admirable thoughts, excellent behavior, praise? Have you seen that in me? Now you follow my example. So brothers and sisters, why this is so critical is who you are. The huddle leaders, this week, you're going to have campers who are going to follow you. They're going to listen to how you talk. They're going to watch your actions. Whatever you, how, you know this. We are the only Bible most people in our country ever read. So how's your version of the Bible? And St. Paul says, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, let me just 
segue again. And I, I, our congregation, for our guests, forgive me if, if I sound like an old fart, I am. But last week Sunday, a counselor who works primarily with people under 25 came up to me and said, you gotta talk about phones. And he said something, I've never, wrote me a long email. He said something I never thought about. He said, for most people today, most people today, their phones are like pacifiers for a baby. How do you comfort a baby? How do you get security to a baby? When the baby's crying, what do you do? What do our phones do? They comfort us. They make us feel included. And then he said to me, all the studies and my practice is filled with people who are overcome with anxiety and fear. And St. Paul says, think about some things. Now let me just do one more, one more thing here. And people, I met with someone recently who was unhappy because I don't know all the things that are happening different parts of our country and world and economics and sports and blah, 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 blah. And so I just said, I'm sorry. So here, now here's my confession. I read books. You know why? Because I want footnotes. I want to know who's talking. So this woman influencer who is so famous with millions and millions and millions of followers has robots who are her followers, and she says things that are not true and are not noble and are not pure. And, are, and millions and millions and millions of people follow her example. And St. Paul says, whatever you have heard or seen in me, put it into practice. And then he says, look at the last phrase, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's go a little farther down, verse 11. St. Paul writes, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. So ask yourself, when is the last time you were content with our circumstances? Let me, let, me, let me just stop a second. Look at me. What are you anxious about? What, what, can, you, can you identify? What are you fearful about? So then focus it. What are you thinking about primarily? And he says, I have learned to be content. Whether I'm in jail, whether I'm in a prison cell, whether I have no money, whether I'm a shipwrecked, whether I'm being beaten with rods, he says, I have learned to be content. How? Right here. Last week, a little child went. Call and response. Well, let's go a little farther. So he says, I've learned to be content. Verse 12, for I know it is to be in need. I know it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So Morgan, picture again, please. So there it is. That's what I'm talking about. It's the peace of Christ in you. It is the peace of Christ with you. That's the bookends of your life. How does that happen? We develop the mind of Christ. How does that happen? We think about what is true. We, th we think about what is noble. So, um, can you do anything without practice? Can you, can you become good and proficient at anything without practice? Yes or no? 
So why do we think we can have the mind of Christ? Or we can follow after the heart of Jesus? Or we can live our lives reflecting Jesus if we don't practice? And that's why he says, put it into practice. Uh, many years ago, our oldest son was in the NBA and played with Allen Iverson, the famous clip about practice. Why practice? You can't do anything of import without practice. So last week, I remember the service, I can't remember which one. I just, I just did, we did call and response with the Lord's Prayer, the 23rd Psalm. Thousands of people in Pella, Iowa know the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalms because we have practiced it week after week after week for years. So if you are thrown into prison or if you experience cancer and you're in a hotel room, by, a hospital room by yourself and the enemy is giving all kinds of fearful thoughts and the anxiety within us rises, what do you do? You use the mind of Christ. So what you have learned and what you have memorized and what is deeply implanted in you comes up. And so when, you face, when we face the death of a child, we said it over and over, the Lord is our shepherd. We will not want. We just said it over and why? Because we want the peace of Christ in us and the peace of Christ with us. Now let's talk about purity. Could we please? Morgan, may I have slide number um, five? Let me define this for you. The Greek word means holy, without impurity, wholeness, or integrity. Now, purity is both personal and it's relational. So purity affects how I am in my person, you are in your person, and also how we are with each other. So next slide, please. So we want to think, ponder, practice for the promises of peace. So let me go there just a little bit now. So let me give you um, number uh, seven. So let me go there for a few minutes and then we're gonna go toward communion. How practically can you think, ponder, and practice what is pure? So I'm gonna ask us to have a conversation just a minute on these questions. So how do you apply that to yourself? How could you apply pure thinking to yourself. And then the next question is, but then it's also purity is relational. So how, do you, how, how can we be relationally pure? And remember now, what St. Paul says, whatever you've heard or seen, or watch me, you're watching me. You all know somebody's watching you. Someone is watching how you live, what you say, what you do. You're a model to someone or someone's. So let me just keep going. Now I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about sexuality. I've said this to our congregation, so our friends, new friends here. There should be, so, there should be no woman, no girl, no man, or no boy in this church who is ever, ever fearful that I am inappropriate, will be inappropriate with them. Everyone needs to know that this pastor will be sexually pure in himself and with you. Now think about it, I've been here for 30 years. Just what if it gets out that I had an affair and you finally found out about it? Your pastor of 30 years has been having an affair on the side. 
what is your response? It'd be painful, wouldn't it? May I say to you, if you are illicitly involved with a young man or young woman, if you have sex outside of your marriage, it hurts me too. Whatever you've heard or seen from Jesus, he says, put into practice. And the God of peace will be in you, and the God of peace will be with you. So let's take a moment now. How practically could you think, so your thinking is intentional, putting some energy toward, ponder what does it mean in practice? So if you're comfortable with someone by you, two minutes. How practically could you live with purity, okay? And doesn't that be sexual? It could be ethically, legally, all kinds of ways. So basically, two minutes of conversation. If you wish, if you don't, pray or take a nap. On your marks, get set, go. All right, thank you so much. Let me, let me tell you a story, and then I'm going to go a different direction. Um, there's a famous, uh, a famous young pastor uh, whose name I won't, I won't give you. He just recently wrote a book about uh, prayer. And in his book, he talks about his struggle with pornography as a single man, as a married man. And he shares that struggle. And uh, he talks about his journey out of pornography. For seven years now, he's been sober, and he talks about how that all happened. And the interviewer said to him in the book, so what, what led you to the place where you could be victorious over pornography? And I thought his comment was so interesting. I want, I want to throw purity on his head just a little bit here. Listen to what he said. I'm paraphrasing. He said, when I understood that my use of pornography did not break my relationship with Jesus, that he loved me in spite of my use of pornography, my heart was strangely warmed. And that was the turning point. He recognized that the one who loved him most did not condemn him. That's why I've quoted a billion times here. Nothing can separate you from love of God that is in Christ Jesus, your Lord. So when he could acknowledge the Lord Jesus, and this is crazy, we don't, any do you know there's 40 cameras in this building? Anywhere but the bathroom, you're being watched. Any mall, any building, any dorm, you're being watched. Do we think God does not see us? Really? He doesn't know when we're watching, whatever. Come on, right? But the crazy thing is, this pastor said, when I could embrace that I am loved and accepted in spite of my sinful choice, it changed how I thought. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, think about these things. So one of the things I'm going to just suggest, how that happens is do something as simple as a young man who, my friend, whose story I told you, for one month, took him 12 to 17 minutes to read Philippians out loud every day for a month. Now, let me just play with a different direction now. You know, we, pastors and churches always talk about read your Bible and all that stuff. Absolutely. But many of us do not read or like to read very much. So listen to it. Listen to Philippians. Listen to it. 
And something different happens to us when we hear it than when we read it. So if you're not a reader, you don't like to read, just for one month, listen to Philippians every day. Just listen to it. And see if what begins to grow within you are things connected to the mind of Christ. And then people don't become objects for use or misuse, but relationships become opportunities for expressing agapao, the love of God for another, and all of a sudden things begin to change. But let me push. The thing that, is, that creates my anxiety, can I picture please? My anxiety, when I lose my peace of Christ within and with me, full disclosure, is if you aren't developing the mind of Christ. Because your relationship with Jesus is yours. And then it's expressed in community. If you are not developing your relationship with Jesus, you cannot develop the mind of Christ. It's like a little baby. The baby doesn't know how to talk, how to read. Over time, her little mind develops and she can do all the things that adults can do. Brothers and sisters, that's the invitation. We, we can have, you can have the mind of Christ. We think about these things and put them into practice. Well, let me go a different direction. We're gonna spend a few months now preparing for communion. So I have slide number eight, please. Let's put it in the right frame. The, the invitation here is for us to, to be willing to name any personal impurity, personal. Are there ways you have done illegal, immoral, unethical things in your person? Could you examine your heart, recognizing that there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? But there's something beautiful in naming it. And then would you think about your relationships with others? Is there anyone in your relational network with whom you have an impure relationship? Someone who's being diminished or used or put down or violated or whatever. Could you name that? Why? Picture again, please, Morgan. Because as you take communion, my longing this morning is that each of us here will be bookended by the peace of Christ with you and the peace of Christ in you. That when you walk up to a station, you'll be receiving somehow mysteriously a blessing, the presence, the goodness of Jesus. A long time ago, some people brought a woman to Jesus who they accused of being sexually immoral. Whether she was or not, we don't know. The scholars aren't sure, but probably, we don't know. And all these people were ready to stone her as per the Levitical law. And Jesus looked at that group of people and he said, you who is without sin, you throw the first stone. And the whole group of people dropped their stones and they walked away. And Jesus looked at this precious young woman and said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none. And Jesus said, and I quote, 
go and sin no more. Would you take a few moments now, prepare your hearts, and then Pastor Katie will lead us in communion.